My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing. But at your command, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord. For I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they made seized him and all those who were with him. And likewise, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, They left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. That line really gets to me. Just so heartbreaking when you think about it. Poor St. Peter. St. Peter had been out fishing all night, or rather attempting to fish, since the scripture tells us he caught nothing. And he has to be feeling at a minimum frustrated or anxious about what to do now after this failure. And probably all kinds of things were were weighing on his heart and mind. How will he make ends meet? How is he going to take care of his family? How is he going to take care of his business? His confidence is probably down. He's been maybe beating himself up, asking, what's wrong with me? Why aren't I more successful? And into all that, Jesus comes upon him. Jesus is already someone that Peter knew and was listening to and was already starting to grow to respect. But Jesus' primary trade was a carpenter. Now the carpenter tells the defeated, frustrated fisherman to go back out. And to lower your nets again. Now scripture only records Peter saying a a somewhat sanitized and polite. Master we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. But at your command I will lower the nets. But you know in his mind and his heart. He's probably thinking. Jesus you're a great guy. We love listening to you preach and teach and all. But we've been doing that all night long. Not sure what your carpenter skills or your preaching skills, how they somehow make you an expert into catching these elusive fish. But okay, you know what? We'll do it again. 
And when it doesn't work, it can say, Jesus, I told you so. And then the miracle happens. And the nets are full. And they're overwhelmed. This massive catch is is enough to practically sink not just Peter's boat, but the second one that they had to call in for an assist. And rather than rejoicing, rather than being excited and ecstatic, instead, what happens? All those fears, all those worries, all those lies that Peter was telling himself, where he thought himself as a loser, comes to the surface. Depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. How many of us can relate to Peter? How many of us have experienced failures and setbacks? How many of those have caused us to have insecurities or doubts about all of our abilities? And maybe we've been told or we've been even believed lies about our worthiness. And when that happens, that can create this whole narrative that not only impacts our beliefs about who we are and what we can do, but what God wants to do through us. A couple months ago, I read a story about a man by the name of Ari Mahler. Ari is the, the son of a rabbi who has had to endure the, the evil of anti-Semitism throughout his life. And it's shocking to read that these kinds of vicious things still happen. In high school, he saw drawings of his family being marched into gas chambers, SWAT stickers drawn on his locker, and even an appalling note that was shoved into his locker saying, Die, Jew, love Hitler. And just reading those things, you wouldn't blame Ari if he was fearful of others particularly those who were hateful to Jews, or if that would cause him to to shut down and to isolate himself from the world. But the reason we know that that's not the case is because of what happened a few months ago. On October 27th, a hate-filled killer by the name of Robert Bowers stormed into the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and started shooting at a congregation that was just gathering for their their Shabbat morning services that ended up killing 11 people and injuring another seven individuals. That horrific attack was ended when Bowers was shot by a SWAT officer in the gunfight and Bowers was rushed to a local hospital. And one of those who treated him and helped save his life was Ari Mahler, who was an emergency room nurse there. As Bowers continued to rant and rave that he wanted all Jews to die, Ari says, I didn't say a word to him about my religion. I chose not to say anything to him the entire time because I just wanted him to feel compassion. I chose to show him empathy. I felt the best way to honor his victims was for a Jew to prove him wrong. How is that possible to be so courageous and and so selfless in the face of such an inexplicable atrocity? Ari explains that to him, the meaning of life is to give meaning to life. And that love is the ultimate force that connects all living beings. 
Ari's example is, is awe-inspiring and, and rightly attracted worldwide attention, particularly when he explained himself in a, in a heartfelt post that went on Facebook entitled, I am the Jewish nurse. But I think so often when we are inspired by people who, who perform a heroic act, we can forget how hard that had to have been for them. For Ari not to allow the pains and the wounds that he had suffered in the past, to not allow whatever lies and distortions that were thrown at him to prevent him from being so heroic. Fortunately, something in his life and his upbringing and his faith and his family was able to, for him to learn the importance of not giving into those destructive voices, to not allow those things to define him and to limit him and to inhibit him from responding to that personal belief he held that love is the ultimate force that connects all living beings. And I think that's what Jesus is trying to do for Peter in tonight's gospel. Because as Christians, we know Jesus to be the Son of God, God's Word made flesh. And the Word of God being at its very essence and core is love. So when Jesus encounters Peter this day and steps into Peter's boat, this isn't about dazzling the guys with this massive catch of fish. And that's why that line, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man, is so gut-wrenching. Because Peter can't appreciate the miracle. Forget that. Peter can't even imagine why love incarnate wants anything to do with him. Peter's fixated on his failures and on his sins. And he's allowing all those doubts and those fears to hobble him. But patiently, very, very patiently, if you read all the Gospels, Jesus will continue to work on Peter's heart. He will have to say to Peter over and over again, do not be afraid. Jesus will continue to, to demonstrate selfless, sacrificial love for Peter. And Jesus does all that because Jesus knows the potential for Peter is far greater than Peter is able to see for himself. And what Peter learns is that as long as he keeps turning towards Jesus, as long as he follows him and returns to him when he fails, and betrays him, especially during the Passion. And even when those doubts and fears resurface after the resurrection, it's that Jesus who is the one who transformed him to see and to know and to believe that he is called and that he is loved and that he is noticed by God. And it's then that Peter becomes the rock on which the church is established. And that church transforms countless billions of men and women in the centuries that follow. We might not be called to be Ari Mahler or St. Peter, but we're called. We're called to be God's children. We're called to be brothers and sisters in Christ. We're called to respond to this eternal identity that we were first given in our baptism that affects not just our lives, but has the potential to transform the church and the world, both of which desperately need people to do just that. But I think so many of us are like St. Peter. We diminish ourselves at even the remotest thought that Jesus notices us and knows us and wants us to do anything more than maybe just get here on a Sunday. 
We can't imagine that you and I are needed and are necessary to continue to proclaim his good news of salvation to the entire world. But he does. He wants to enter into our boats, our homes, our workplaces, our classrooms, our family and friend circles. He speaks his truths to us that our sins don't have to limit or define us particularly since Jesus came precisely to save us from them. We're always one confession away from whatever sin it is that we've been carrying around to be gone forever. Jesus reminds us that we can't let a broken and fallen world judge and define us. Each and every one of us, as God's children, are wonderfully, beautifully made and precious to him. Jesus, in calling us to discipleship, sees the potential within each and every one of us. Pope Benedict XVI once said, Man was created for greatness, for God himself. He was created to be filled by God, but the heart is too small for the greatness to which it's destined, and so it must be stretched. We're called for greatness. For God himself. Jesus is so in love with us that he's relentlessly pursuing us. Despite our impulse to think we're not worthy, Jesus tells us that we are. Despite our embarrassment and shame about whatever, Jesus tells us that he will never, ever depart from us. Will we be humble enough to let Jesus stretch our hearts? to trust those promises, to leave those inhibitions behind and truly follow him. Yes, I did.